In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. But we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world, but we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google Play to Stitcher and Spotify. So you can find us all over the web. And I invite you to connect with me. Please Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And send us a mail. Let us know what you want to hear about on this show. But whatever, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. We live in an undeniably digital world where more than 59% of the global population are active web users and the pandemic has been and will be contributing to the factor in the increase in this number. The internet is being used for communication, to stay social, for work, for learning, for entertainment, and even for our basic needs. In the U.S. and the EU, it is estimated that 15% of these internet users have some sort of disability that hinders their full use of a website. These disabilities range from impaired sight to hearing and physical, and companies are now realizing that making their websites accessible to this 15% will give them the opportunity not only to serve them, but a competitive advantage as well. And today we're going to speak to a expert marketing company in the U.S. who also specializes in website accessibility and helping their customers become website accessible. And we are talking with Itamar Shafir, and he is the CEO of Umbrella, a platform powering the sales of a thousand small marketing agencies in the U.S. And among one of Umbrella's solutions is website accessibility by EqualWeb. Now, Itamar is the founder of UmbrellaLocal.com. And this is a fast-growing agency brand with 60 locations in the U.S. 
as Umbrella's CEO. He enjoys a unique access to SMB marketing technologies and how they behave in real-world efforts. And before Umbrella, Itamar was the founder and CEO of AppForma, acquired by Algomizer, Algo, an automated marketing platform for small businesses. AppForma uh, uh, App was one of the first ever Facebook Innovation Competition Awards and won this and one of the first PMDs. So, Itamar, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kimberly. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Okay. So, Itamar, you know, this is, uh, you are a, a small marketing agency with thousands of customers, but you, you've really paid attention to this accessibility. Now, when you see a, handipa- a handicapped parking place or a ramp, you think about disabilities, but we don't always think about, you know, website accessibility. What does that really mean? Yeah, so just... Just to uh, correct you just a little bit, we're not a, a, an agency, we're a platform powering agencies and our agencies work with a ton of SMBs uh, from every different discipline. And like you mentioned, a lot of times where we go to any type of business and we see a ramp or we see um, an elevator with special buttons for blinds, uh, blind people, then we immediately recognize the fact that we need to provide accessibility to to people who are handicapped. But in the digital world, it's basically providing access to content. So simple things like imagine somebody who is blind can't really read the website. Somebody who uh, has a hearing disability can't really understand your videos if they don't have captions. Somebody who might be suffering from color blindness and you have low contrast on your website basically have words disappearing for them. So it's about enabling access to your content. And like you said, it's a huge population. 15% of the population in the United States and the EU are described as having some sort of disability, uh, prohibiting them from enjoying content like you and I. Mm-hmm. So, so your your platform that powers um, small thousands of small marketing agencies, and and what made you focus, you know, or have have some focus on accessibility, and who benefits from this? So, we when we looked at accessibility for the first time, we looked at it from a marketing perspective. We said, okay, if we have fifteen percent of the population that um, our clients' clients uh, are not enabling access to. They're losing their purchases. uh, They're losing um, their interest. They're losing the purchases of their family members. And then as we dug more and more into it, we saw it as a mission to Mm -hmm. basically help help the web be equal to everybody and inclusive to everybody. And it's that uh, kind of thinking that got us to focus on it and talk about it more and push it more, even though when you look at marketing agencies, you mainly think, okay, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, conversion, chatbots, SMS, and things that generate clients. Accessibility also generate clients, but it's also a way for us to say, hey, businesses take a stand, make the world equal for everybody. Uh, and it doesn't come with a high cost, and it comes with a lot of social benefits. 
Mm-hmm. And and your customers, the the small marketing agencies you power, um, what was their as you started to you know make them aware of this and focus on this? What was their reaction to this? I think the reaction was mainly emotional, uh, and that what what drove uh, their their basically acceptance and delivery of the product. As as a product, it's not really a pure marketing product as I defined before. So for an agency to come and say, hey. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make your website accessible, and that's gonna bring you a ton of clients. That's not gonna happen. But they can describe some marketing benefits that come from making the website accessible. And I guess we're gonna talk about that. But they mainly took it from the emotional perspective of, hey, I get it. If I was in somebody's, if I was in their shoes, and because I was blind, God forbid, or because I had some sort of disability, I couldn't even order a pizza then man, that would be really disappointing, really hurt my uh, my uh, life quality. And mm-hmm. I think that's the way they saw it and and that's why they started selling it. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, that it kind of does hit everybody in the emotional sense and, and, you know, if you can't see things and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but um, it's, not just a, it's not just about what we want to do, it's also kind of what we where the direction of social responsibility is going and there are some there are some emerging laws around accessibility in both the US and Europe can you talk a little bit about that yeah definitely so for US businesses it became in, in late 2019 the 9th district supreme court basically ruled uh, they interpreted the ADA compliance regulation which is the American with disability Act regulation to include websites. The ADA compliance regulation is what governs the ramps that you see uh, when you go to establishments, to front stores, the parking lots for handicaps, the rails, uh, and they basically interpreted that because a website, which is basically the front store of a store, the digital front store of a store, uh, it should be accessible for the same type of people, people with hearing, uh, physical, or, or, uh, or um, sight disabilities. And it was after a long, a long rush of lawsuits, one after the other, that kind of climaxed with a lawsuit of a blind person against Domino's. And oh. yeah, basically uh, that, that specific case, uh, let me see if I can... Remember, uh, it was Robles versus Domino's. And it was a blind person who basically says, hey, I can't order pizza uh, using Domino's app and website because I'm blind. Which in of itself sounds like bad business. But okay, then they lost and then they appealed to the Supreme Court, Domino's, and they lost again. Mm. And that ruling was uh, the definitive ruling and kind of changed the scales towards, okay, now everybody in the ninth district, which includes New York and California, uh, which are huge markets, now everybody are under law, have to be compliant, even a small bike store. And we saw a ton of businesses getting hit with lawsuits one after the other uh, because they weren't ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. In I I just wanna I just wanna state something about Europe, but if there is something else that you want to ask me before no, about the states, I, well, I, 
I just I, a quick question on, on the states. Um, do you think do you think that across the states? You said, of course, in these districts, people are aware now. But do you think across the whole U.S., you know, do you see kind of a cascade of of more of these laws coming out? And then, what are you seeing in Europe? Yeah, so definitely uh, in the states, it's a battle. Uh, and uh, it, when the nine district made that ruling, it was cross U.S. Even though it was the ninth district, it seemed like it's going to go federal. But then uh, the first district or the third district, I forget which one, which uh, governs actually more red states. Uh, I don't want to make it po uh, a political. I'm just saying mm -hmm. states uh, that are not uh, in the main blue hubs uh, kind of said, no, uh, we, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be interpreted as ADA compliance. It's a case by case situation. And in a specific case, they overruled that decision. So now there is a little bit of a split, like the ADA compliance law are federal, but the interpretation is made by the different districts. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the federal government needs to now come and say, no, guys, hold on. ADA is for accessible accessibility in the real world, and ADA is also for accessibility in the digital world because we think everybody should have access to the web. It became a staple product in our universe. And I think that's where it's going. I think eventually the federal, uh, the, the federal government will need to step in and kind of make it a federal law. Uh, I don't see any other way of making mm -hmm. anybody comply without continuing you know, that dialogue of the Supreme Court of that district and that district uh, saying this or saying that. Mm. Kind of reminds me a little bit about data protection laws and trying to get those aligned in the U.S. Um, but what about Europe? I mean, um, uh, is Europe in the same heading in the same direction? So Europe is definitely heading in the same direction. Europe uh, is less uh, lit litigious to some degree mm -hmm. than the states. I'm not saying in a good or bad way. I think uh, being litigious in this case actually helped push equality along. Uh, but. Uh, the EU is more social, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, even though the laws are not there so much, the, the, the EU policy right now are working actually on defining an EU general proposed law that will accept the WCAG uh, 2.0 policy, which is how you actually make a website accessible. Mm -hmm. And now it's in draft, and they're supposed to release it uh, in, uh, in a year and that should govern most of the EU policies. In the meantime, we see uh, a lot of EU uh, countries like the UK, for example, uh, I'm not sure I can call it an EU country, but a European <laughs> country. Yeah, it's also uh, not, not, not clean cut. A European country, they're doing a very bullish, uh, a very bullish uh, attempt to kind of transition the entire ecosystem into an equal uh, web system where everybody have access, even though it's not a law you can be fined. Uh, in Israel, for example, it's the law. Mm -hmm. Every website have to have accessibility. In France, they already passed a law where even private organizations above 250 employees must be uh, accessible according to WCAG AA. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about what those standards mean. Mm -hmm. And in, ev in the entire EU, if you're a governmental uh, body, then you have to be compliant. 
There is no two ways about it. Uh, mm -hmm. So very much going in that direction. And again, it's like if, if I came to you today and I said, no, I don't think we should have, you know, handicapped parking lots. I, I don't see the reason to have ramps mm -hmm. uh, in storefronts. You would say, what are you talking about? You're a bad person. And mm -hmm. people don't think about it when they think about their website because they're saying, yeah. you know, how, how many blind people are there? You know, how many he hearing impaired people are there? How many people that can't use a keyboard or a mouse are there? Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's a lot. Yeah, um, and, I mean, yeah. We, we saw those statistics of 15%, but I, I, I think this is really interesting. Um, Edomar, we're going to take a, a short break, and then when we get back, um, I do want to talk just quickly on um, WCAG or what what web content accessibility means, okay, um, and a little bit more on exactly some of the co components. And for our listeners, we are talking to Itamar Shafir, and Itamar is the CEO of Umbrella, powering thousands of small marketing agencies in the U.S., and you can find them on UmbrellaUS.com. You can also find Itamar on LinkedIn under Itamar Shafair. And on LinkedIn, you can find Umbrella under Umbrella Micro Enterprises. Umbrella is also on LinkedIn under Umbrella Local. And on Facebook, on Umbrella on Facebook and Umbrella Local. So please reach out to Edemar, um, especially if you're a small marketing agency. I mean, to have a, a platform that pays so much attention to, to these aspects that are very important to you, to the companies that you're working with, I think is very, very important. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual conferences. Please go to www.cinda.org. And also, Cinda is going to be live in Berlin in October 2021, the 10th to 13th. So if you're interested in that for their digital conference, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to hear from investors and get insight on different asset classes? Join host Troy Eckert for the program, Talk with the Texan, Money and Life. Troy works with high net worth investors and is ready to bring you the secrets he's learned in his 35 years of alternative investment experience along with his guest experts. If you want value, you'll need to listen in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one. Hosted by Frank Hellring, we'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and you are listening to us on Voice America Business. And today we are talking with Itamar Shafir, and Itamar is the CEO of Umbrella, and Umbrella is a platform powering thousands of small marketing agencies in the U.S., and you can find them on UmbrellaUS.com. And one of the unique things Umbrella does is, is focus on website accessibility, and that's what we're talking about today. And so, Itamar, we talked about... Um, the emerging laws around this in both the U.S. and Europe and Israel. And um, let, let's talk about you know, kind of what does it mean? I mean, there's a couple to be inclusive. Um, you know, what is inclusive design or universal design? Can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So there are basically two concepts, even if we look at the real world. Um, I'm going to try and take it from the real world into the digital there are two concepts in arranging our lives uh, and the content in our life, which also includes services, products, locations, uh, and make them either universal, meaning fitting everybody, or inclusive design, which means they are usually optimized for a specific user. I'll give you an example. Uh, so L'Oreal, I think, or Lancome, did a couple of years ago a big campaign about creating uh, uh, cosmetics for uh, uh, the black community, the African-American community, because they felt that they didn't have a cosmetic product that was geared specifically toward that market, and it wasn't inclusive of that market, and they were actually underserved. So that would fall, for example, under inclusive design uh, and not universal design. Another example is Nike did the pro hijab uh, mm-hmm. for Muslim girls. So they can train outside and still have a hijab and that hijab will be more sports, you know, from, from sports fabric and will be more um, um, oriented to basically run with because they want it to be more inclusive of that specific community. And then we have a different methodology that is, they kind of work together sometimes, that is called universal design. Universal design means I'm creating this product, service, whatever it is, that needs to be accessible or it needs to fit, and I'm changing that word to accessible, to everybody. And that that is where, for example, if you look at architecture, a ramp entrance will come in, automatic doors. So it will just open. Even if you're in a wheelchair, you don't need to kind of try and push a door. It will just open when it sees you. Um, um, flat panel light switch uh, um, or lights that turn on as you walk into a specific location even without needing to turn on the light because maybe you have some sort of physical disability. So everything around you is tailored to be always accessible. And when we think of a website, we need to think about it in the same way. And Basically, website accessibility is governed today by a, regular, not a, a policy called WCAG, which di- dictates exactly what you need to do to make your site accessible. 
but from if, if before you even go to that policy and try to read it, just think about accessibility as being governed by four main principles. They're called perceivable, operable, understandable, and robust. It basically means that your website, when somebody goes in the, into your website, they need to be able to process the information. Information that is not presented in the possible in the pro processable format is not accessible. Okay, just one example. Uh, operable, it means people need to be able to engage with it. If they can't operate a mouse, for example, because they're disabled, they need to be able to engage with it with a keyboard. If your website cannot allow users to engage just with a keyboard, it's not operable. Understandable means that the language needs to be actually concise and that's more on the content side and very clear. And robust means that whatever system I'm using, whatever technology I'm using, your website will be accessible to it. And that includes obviously different browsers, but it also includes technology that, for example, blind people use a software that reads out the screen to them. So. Mm -hmm. So those are the main four principles. And from that, there are specific guidelines of what you need to fix, quote unquote, or change on your website to meet those guidelines. And that is called the WCAG. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this, is, this is really interesting. So because when you, I think when you think about a website, Itamar, you, do, you don't always think about that. But, you know, if you look at per perceivable, I mean, can we... I'm kind of getting this, but for example, could you have an example um, that can help our listeners become aware? And um, you know, for example, something on a yeah, website, a, car a, car a carousel. Well, you know, what would what would make a, car a carousel difficult? Or some examples under these, you know, sure, that sure. would make let, it. Let difficult. me give you. Yeah. Yeah, let me give you a few examples. Not just on perceivables. A, a perceivable example would be, for example. Uh, you have uh, you have uh, a video on the website, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have captions. So everybody uh -huh. who has hearing, a hearing disability cannot perceive the information. Mm -hmm. you, you have a minute and a half video, a brand video, for example, no captions. Nobody can hear the video. People just see pictures moving if they can't hear. And that basically discludes them from digesting your content. Um, another example is, let's say that you have somebody who is, can't use, have, have issues with, uh, with their hands, let's say, uh, paralyzed or had a recent stroke or suffering from a lot of shakes because they're very old or has Parkinson's and they can't use their cross. They can't use the mouse and they're basically using either voice commands, a lot of them or they're using the keyboards. So if you use the keyboards and you don't set the tabs on your website to move from one logical tab to another, meaning as you read through the website, then the person cannot navigate your website in a logical way. If you can't have, if you don't associate specific schema tags, which are tags in the code that define objects on your website, a system that is trying to control the website via voice command won't be able to navigate the website. So a person that have 
a disability with their hands will literally not be able to move from the top front page of your website, or if they do, it will be to an illogical location on the website, like moving from home to contact, even though they wanted mm -hmm. to go to services. Mm -hmm. So another example is, let's say, something easier, okay? It's not uh, a, a huge disability, but a lot of people have bad eyesight, okay? And they, or they have color blindness. So if you don't use enough contrast between the text and the color behind you, let's say, for example, complete black and complete white is the best, then for some people it will be unreadable. If you use, ta if you use text, like, for example, click the green button, and I'm colorblind, I don't know what's green. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you need to think about those things, right? Maybe it's a red button, maybe it's a yellow button. I don't know what's, what I'm clicking. You can't yeah. tell me click the red button or click the green button. So you need to be aware of... The, you know, of all these different issues from the content that you use, the way you structure it, the way you schema tag your website to be able to navigate in it, the way you allow the website to enlarge or decrease the size of the fonts to your contrasts and also other, uh, you know, additional things around it. I could give more examples, but we can stay here for two hours. Yeah, I, I just have one one last example on on, on content or, or you said language. What could do you have any example on, on that? Because um, I'm trying to I'm struggling to trying to think of an example myself on, you know, where might that be not understandable? Something that's not understandable. So so a content piece is like I said before. Maybe I wasn't clear. Is for example when you have a video without captions. Oh or, okay. Yeah. Let's say, yeah. for example, let's continue that example and say yeah. you have a PDF. Yeah. Okay? You have a PDF file and the file is a scan. If the file is a scan, uh, uh, a system cannot read um, an OCR system, a system that basically looks at the screen and try to understand the words, cannot read the words because it can't read an image. It would read it as image number one. Mm -hmm. You have to turn that scan document into a document that has actual readable text that can be edited, and then a machine can also read it. So if you have a white paper and somebody downloads it and it's a scan, then it's a dead block image for them. So mm -hmm. a video is one example, a scan document is another example. And then mm -hmm. you also have uh, trigger-based content, like I said before, which is click the, click the green button. Right, but I'm right. colorblind. I, gotcha. I don't know what the red button mm -hmm. is. Yeah. In addition to that, you have more um, extreme situations where just because there is bad content, a person can't understand what they're reading, uh, especially when it's read to them by a machine. A machine, unlike a human, basically reads word by word in a very mechanical way. Uh, and if it's not comma, if they don't use enough commas in the right places, it, they're not using periods in enough places, the sentences are too long or convoluted, a little bit like I'm doing now, <laughs> I'll try to make it shorter, uh, then imagine, you know, kind of a, a robot voice reading word by word to you, and you're getting lost. Mm -hmm. It's not completely you're getting lost. If you really focus, focus, and try to listen to it again, you'll get it, but it's like, just say it in less words, more concise, 
and use the right type of grammar so everybody can understand it easily, mm-hmm. even if a machine is reading it to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it, it's, it, as you start to talk about this, Itamar, it makes so much sense. And as you said, you know, it's for, for many of us who see the ramp or we see something, um, it, you know, we think about it, but on the web, we don't think about it. And I, I have one more question. And when we get back, I want to talk about, you know, so, so these, you know, these are the things we should be doing because we should be, you know, reaching out to this 15%. Um, and I want to ask you how you go about doing that and, you know, how platforms like yours can help and, and how to test, web, uh, you know, how do I test my website for compliance? But I have a, one quick question before we take a break. So this is all on websites. Um, what about apps? Does this, is this going, you know, apps are not always comfortable. Is this kind of, is this going in the direction of these compliances for apps also or just for websites? A hundred percent. It's any digital content. Basically, in Europe, for example, it falls under the e-society, uh, e-society initiative, which is, they call it the universe of digital content, which is anything that is digital. So it's an app, it's a PDF, it's a website, it's everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It's harder to do uh, a lot of the automated remediation for an app. It needs to be hard-coded manual remediation right now, but it's doable. It's mm-hmm. 100% doable. It just requires a little bit more effort. Okay, great. So we're yeah. going to take a short break, and then um, when we come back, I, I want to talk about, you know, you know, how do you, you know, see if your website is compliant, you know, how, you know, how can people help you? How can companies like yours your help people get that compliant? Um, and, you know, when it's compliant, what does it, you know, do to my design? And so we'll talk about that after the break. And for our listeners, we're talking about website uh, accessibility today. And we're talking to Edamar Shafer. And Edamar is the CEO of Umbrella. And Umbrella is a platform powering thousands of small marketing agencies in the U.S. And you can find them on UmbrellaUS.com. But you can also find Edamar on LinkedIn. And you can also find Umbrella on LinkedIn under Umbrella Micro Enterprises and under Umbrella Local. And they're also on Facebook under Umbrella on Facebook and Umbrella Local. So please reach out to Edamar. And if you're a small marketing agency or you have a website uh, working with a small marketing agency, think about website accessibility and reach out to Umbrella. And this broadcast is also being brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda holds virtual and live conferences. They do market research. They do legislative white papers focused on digital, in the digital space. And if you'd like to have more information on Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And Cinda will be holding their first live conference um, for 2021, and that will be in Berlin, October 10th-13th at the Steigenberger on Konzellamt in Berlin. And if you'd like to learn more about that, please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. 
find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in each week for The Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and you are listening to us on Voice America's business channel. And today we are talking to Itama Shafir. And Itama is the CEO of Umbrella. And Umbrella is a platform that powers thousands of small marketing agencies in the U.S. And you can find them on UmbrellaUS.com. And one of Umbrella's specialties is helping marketing agencies understand that they have to help their customers become accessible, website accessible. So we've been talking about what that means, Itamar, and we're talking about the regulations around that. And um, and I'm gonna, I want to kind of dive into a, if I'm a small business or a marketing agency working with small business, what do I have to do? But before I uh, before I we go into that, I have one question. So this is this is a lot of stuff to think about it, and um, you know does. Does all this have an impact on your design or the design you want to have? Um, uh, and I don't want to say like a negative impact, but a kind of workload impact and thinking impact, an impact on how it may look, just an impact. It changes things. Yeah, yeah. I, first off, like you said, it has, it has somewhat of an impact. Um, I think for most, most businesses, graphically, if they meet the WCAG, AA, they don't need to meet the AAA, they won't see meaningful graphical impact. On the contrary, it will make their website much more readable, understandable mm-hmm. for their existing users and easier to navigate. Some things, for example, let's say you are a visual art designer. And all the things that you do in your entire portfolio are surrealistic videos. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, it will be hard to make your content compliant and your website compliant. But if you go, for example, on Avis.com, you go to Caterpillar.com, you go to the Miami Heat websites, all the websites are using the technology that we're selling um, 
to make their website compliant and using the same company to do manual remediation to make the website compliant, you will see very graphically uh, enticing websites, easy to navigate, that receive a lot of users and are still compliant uh, by uh, under the ADA regulation and, uh, and everything that we talked about. So I think you won't see uh, you know, you, you won't see any any issues on the graphical side, uh, maybe a little bit on the animation and the video. You will see uh, that it is a project, and it's mm-hmm. kind of an, an ongoing project from time to time. So the project is usually, the meaningful part of the project is basically transitioning a website from being not compliant into being compliant, and that can be done in two ways. To do it in, uh, well, we're, we're on the radio, so I, I'm trying to find the, the, <laughs> the, the right words, but uh, we're doing, doing, it, doing it in uh, not an extremely professional way is by just installing a website widget, compliance widget, or accessibility widget, excuse me, that a lot of companies have. Uh, the company that we work with has Equal Web, and other companies have it as well. That widget provides functionalities on the website, such as reading the website to the user if they're blind, allowing keyboard navigation, allowing uh, uh, to turn the entire website into black and white, allowing magnifying of content, allowing a lot of things. However, the widget, as smart as it is, is as good as the website is structured. Meaning, I'll give you a simple example. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have a Doritos, an image of a Doritos bag on the website. And now an image recognition software needs to tell a blind person what that is. Or or not a blind person. You know, uh, a person that has any, you know, side disabilities or or problems uh, looking at a screen for a long time. And the image recognition software would read that as red bag or probably a bag or mm-hmm. puffy object or whatever it understands, as smart as it is, if you don't go into the code and into the meta tags and describe what this object is and also add a little piece of content that can be read out to describe that package, such as Doritos bag, seven ounces, salty, whatever you want to say about it, then it will be very hard for the automated systems to read it. Just, mm-hmm. This is just a very simple example. I could give you even more, uh, uh, even, even yeah. worse, more examples that would turn out worse for the user. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have manual remediation. Manual remediation is the process of manually fixing the code on your website, uh, making sure the content uh, and everything on the website is according to uh, according to the policies that we discussed and meets all the guidelines of being accessible. And I think for the business, and you need both, basically. Mm-hmm. You need to do the manual remediation, then you need the AI chatbot, AI widget to kind of display the remediation and allow the usability. It's kind of the interface between the website and any user wants to modify anything on the website or have the website being read to them. Mm-hmm. So 
Can, can I just ask a quick question on yeah. that? So, if you, so on on the widget example, okay, if you were if you were to just do the widget, and that's kind of let's call it the shortcut, okay, would you then be maybe making the website accessible to a extend but not compliant? So, is there a difference between accessibility and compliance? It's a Excellent question, and the word shortcut is exactly the word that I was looking for and thinking about something completely else. Um, and it's, 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 I, I agree with you. It's not a shortcut. It's just a limited solution, uh, and it's, it's a less expensive solution and doesn't require a lot of resources, and any small business can do it. Um, and those widgets are usually sold between 50 to $200 a month retail, so mm-hmm. anybody can afford them. And yes, it will give you a higher uh, rate of accessibility. It would not make you compliant because um, a lot of the things that you need to meet according to according to the WCAG standard of AA, you don't need to meet AAA, but AA, um, you can't meet without manual remediation. So mm-hmm. you might find, depending on how bad your website is structured, you might find that it still is not meeting some of the things that people need. And when somebody is trying to use your website, it will be just that specific use case for that specific user that your website doesn't meet, and then you can get sued. So if you want to be compliant, you need to be compliant according to that policy. Um, The ADA Act itself doesn't define a policy. Basically, the legislator, not the legislator, excuse me, the, uh, the Supreme Court and is referring people to the WCAG AA. Mm-hmm. Saying okay. that's, yeah. that's the policy. Yeah. So I mean, we have we have you know we have the compliance around this, but um, you're you know I think the message here is, is so important to to the marketing agencies working with with any size business, um, and you know it sounds like oh we have to be compliant, and then you say well we should be compliant, it should be accessible, but there's a lot of opportunities in this. So uh, you know what are the, some of the opportunities for the for the small marketing agencies in this? Um, you know to to really start to look at their customers and and help their customers become accessibility and what's the opportunities for the businesses out there? Definitely. So for marketers, for marketing agencies, it's go. It's it's another way to have a, a conversation with a small business. It's a, it's another um, tool in their toolbox to help a business, not a small business, any size of business, uh, with their marketing because they're making them accessible to a. 15 part 15% of the population mm-hmm. they're right now not servicing or servicing in a bad way and then they're basically increasing their funnel by providing them more people that can use digest their website and make purchases just as an example blind people who can order a pizza there are a lot mm-hmm. of pe- a lot of blind people who would like a pizza and can't order via Domino's now they can because the supreme court said they have to i'll give you another example uh, there was many uh, lawsuits of bike stores in California uh, last year. There was a spree of lawsuits. And you're thinking, okay, bike stores, why would a blind person be suing a bike store? It's unprobable that a blind person will buy a bike and just go biking. Sounds risky. So um, they didn't want to buy the bike for themselves. 
they wanted to buy the bike for a family member. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't navigate the website at all. They mm-hmm. couldn't understand anything. So they said, that's not fair. I just want to buy, I, I forget which family member it was, but I want to buy a bike for, I'd say for my grandkid. I'm, 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 you know, I'm putting yeah. the fluff on it, but yeah. with a family yeah. member. Uh, and I can't. Why? You're losing money, bike store, because I'm not buying from you. You're losing a customer. And I can't, you know, I, I can't, I can't buy a, I can't buy a bike because I want to buy a bike in, in my location near my home. So I can, you know, can be sent to me and, 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 uh, and can be used by my grandson. So I think agencies going in with that direction are saying to businesses, Hey, you have an opportunity here to attract more clients. You have an opportunity to also showcase yourself as a business that cares about the community and cares about other people. And we know today it's very important for the PR and for the agency itself. You're talking about additional money coming in, right? From selling accessibility, whether it's automated or manual remediation. Manual remediation is more expensive. For a small business, it will be between five to 10K. Uh, For a medium-sized business, it will be 20K. And for a large business, it could be 50 to 100K. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying small and large businesses, but it's mainly defined by small or large websites. Usually, right. usually there is some sort of correlation. Yeah. Uh, so that's for agencies. For small businesses, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, they're not in it to make money as a marketing tool like an agency, but for them, it's a way to say, hey, I care about the community. I care about the society. I want to be equal to everybody and also attract more clients. And yeah. also be today, 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 every website today have have people with disabilities going to that website and 70, according to a recent report that was conducted by the U.S. Census, 71% of those people with disabilities that meet a website that doesn't meet the accessibility uh, accessibility structure that they need leave the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about 1% of 15% of the population. So you're losing a lot of customers. It's not just being humane, but it's also from the business sense. Um, th- this has been this is absolutely fascinating, Itamar. And we're getting we're getting towards the end of the show. And I just um, would like to ask you, you know, if you have one message to everybody up there. Well, first, you know, one sentence about Umbrella, if you want to tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah, so like you said, Umbrella basically powers uh, thousands of marketing agencies. We provide them with client getting services to increase our customer base. We have a platform for fulfillment via which they sell third-party marketing services and tools, uh, like, for example, website accessibility, but also Mm -hmm. Facebook advertising, Google uh, chatbots, and everything in between. And we help them with branding and operation. Basically, it's a turnkey solution to Mm -hmm. starting or growing a digital marketing agency. For regarding specifically about accessibility, I say to everybody, and I think as human beings, we all know it, A, this is a very, very low cost for you as a small business to pay to do the right thing, period. B, it's also very, very beneficial for your business. I don't see any reason why not do it at all. I'll give you another small tidbit, and that's regarding the US specifically. Under the ADA regulation, you get up to $10,000 tax deduct uh, uh, allocated to any uh, investment that you do to make your business accessible. Wow. It's okay. not 
Yeah, so I know some businesses are also using it to take back money for their investment in accessibility. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a really fascinating, um, really eye-opening, Itamar. Um, you know, it's it's something that I, I think a lot of us have not thought about it. I certainly, the first time you and I had our first conversation, I didn't think about it. Um, and I think a lot of small businesses done don't. Um, but it's the it's the greatest. You know, it's it's something that we should be doing. As you said, every small business should be doing it. Every agency. And um, thank you for taking the initiative to talk about this with us today. Um, and it's been incredibly insightful. And um, thank you for just, having uh, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's been really, really great. So, for our listeners, we have been talking to Itamar Shafir, and Itamar is the CEO of Umbrella. And Umbrella powers thousands of small business marketing agencies in the U.S. And you can find them on umbrellaus.com. And Itamar, you can find Itamar on LinkedIn. And Shafir is S-H-A-F-I-R. And I'm sure he'd welcome you reaching out to him. And I'm sure Umbrella would also um, on UmbrellaUS.com. And Umbrella is also under, on LinkedIn under Umbrella Micro Enterprises and Umbrella-Local. And on Facebook under Umbrella on Facebook and Umbrella Local. So once again, Itamar, thank you so much. It's been really informative. Thank you very much, Kimberly, for having me, and I hope we can make all our websites accessible. Thank you. I do, too. And uh, listeners, please don't forget to tune in to us each uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us, don't worry, because we are on every major podcast platform. So please tune in. And if you'd like to reach out to me, please reach out to me at Leadership Beyond Borders at um, gmail.com. And with that, thank you so much. And please listen to us again next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.